of random number generators throwing knuckle balls. Heath is now the oldest host, Scott likes using GIFs the most, Adam loves ERA and auto-tunes himself this way. Paxton's regression screams, Brooklyn's got a winning team, Liam Hendricks, Brad Hand, Mike Trout plays near Disneyland. Stats from spring training, daily play, is a rating, what's the ceiling, bank on ceiling, can I get up? Welcome to the Friday Show, happy Friday, unless you own Jerry's Familia, $3 Neftali Felice, uh, who else? Francisco Rodriguez, but that was like uh, Unhappy Monday or whenever that was. So, bullpens are crazy right now. We'll talk about it and read your emails, fantasybaseball at cbsi.com, fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get you ready for week seven? Week yep. six? Oh, week, week seven. seven? Wow. Any six and O's for you guys? Any potential six and O's? No, my, my, my head-to-head leagues are largely a disaster, and my category leagues are largely awesome. Okay. So, I don't think I have any six and O's upcoming either. Maybe some five and ones. I can't no. remember. Right. I got a lot of three and threes. <laughs> a lot of three and threes. Oh, I gotta beat Scott this week in the podcast league. I gotta save my season, get back to five hundred. I need Mike Trout to keep stinking. That was a big break for me. So Scott uh, Speaking <laughs> of podcast leagues, um I have two apologies to make at the top of the show to make sure everyone hears them. Oh god. Because I got some tweets about this yesterday. So one, maybe three actually, but one, yes, I overlooked Corey Evil Knievel when talking about the Brewers' closer situation yesterday. Yeah. It's kind of because I'm not sure that he's any good either, and I got a little too excited about uh, Mr. Barnes. But yes, Knievel's probably the guy with his recent success that would get the job if they ever go away from Fleece. Now they, it, it is Knievel or Knievel? Knievel. It is. I actually heard it as Knievel. <laughs> yeah. Knievel, Knievel. I Nobody think it's Knievel. Knievel. I was gonna call him Abel. Yeah, I, I wish it was Knievel. I'm gonna call him Evil Knievel. That's um, fine. Two. <laughs> I was really anti the whole adding DL spots. And after the last four or five days, I think every commissioner should give the league the choice. If one person says no, then you don't do it. But the right thing to do. We've still got more than two thirds of a baseball season to go. MLB teams, in my opinion, are taking advantage of this new 10-day DL to the extreme, and we need more DL spots. Give your league the choice. Okay, I'm going to vote yes, by the way, in the poll that you posted in the podcast for the People League. I am I support I support Heath Cummings. Now, I, again, I think it has to be unanimous. I don't think you can change rules in the middle of the season if one person doesn't like it. It already isn't unanimous. But he also said, if I'm the only person, I don't care. Oh, wait, am okay. I allowed to vote yes, or do I have to consult with Scott before I vote? Well, oh, no, I am, like, I'm to the point where I don't even know why we really even oppose DL limits at all. Like, if you're, if you have the box checked in your league that you that that it'll it'll enforce when a player comes off a DL, you know, when a player's still in a DL spot, that's an illegal lineup. So it's not like you can just put a player in your DL spot and leave him there forevermore. When he comes off the DL, you're going to have to make a decision about what to do about him or somebody else on your roster. As long as that's the case, I don't even know why there needs to be a DL limit. So, you know, I'm I'm fine with more than two. I, I think I think if we're used to two being the standard Maybe, uh, maybe we should change it to four going forward, but like, I wouldn't mind if it was ten. I, I don't know that you can honestly say there's an option, at least in our league, that you could say infinite, but I, I don't know 
It needs I don't to be know why it needs to be a limited. All right. All right, let's get into yesterday's action, guys, and we'll talk about Dallas Keuchel, uh, Zach Greinke. Zach Greinke made an adjustment. He's been throwing his slider harder, and he's been very good lately, and he was outstanding yesterday. Flirted with a no-hitter, struck out 11. Jason Vargas has the lowest ERA this late in the season since Ubaldo Jimenez in 2010. And Jimenez ended that season with a 288 ERA. Did not have a great second half, though. Uh, but Vargas is doing some very impressive things. If Eduardo Rodriguez is still out there, you need to pick him up. Mike Napoli homer twice. Uh, DL galore. And we got some, we got to talk about prospects. We got Eddie Butler, Jose Barrios coming up, uh, to start today and tomorrow, respectively. Uh, yeah, let's get to it. Let's start with the bullpens, though. Jerry's Familia, arterial clot in his shoulder. He may need surgery. That just sounds bad. Uh, so hopefully he's okay. And Addison Reed would be the guy to pick up. First of all, can we drop Jay Reese Familia or should we wait? I think it's okay to drop him probably unless it's, it's one of those leagues where there's just no saves at all on the waiver wire. Then you'll want to make extra sure it's not going to be just like a three month absence instead of full season. But either way, you're looking at an extended absence and yeah. if, you know, if, if, if like it's a league where Derek Law is available, that's probably more valuable than Familia at this point. Okay. Well, who's the one guy that you need to pick up right now? For saves or yeah. just period? For saves. Or who are some well, of the, I mean, there are a lot of names. Probably either way, it's Addison Reed. I, I already have him in my top 15 relievers because I don't, I don't think he's going to be any worse than Familia was in that role, and he might actually be better. Mets, I mean, Familia, the Mets made Familia the, the saves leader, MLB saves leader last year, so it's a good situation for saves, and, and Reed's going on, you know, more than a year and a half, well, basically a year and a half of, uh, ace reliever type performance. It's the only concern I have about comparing, because I think he can be just as good as Familia was ratios wise, but I, I'm a little bit concerned about if the Mets can provide near as many save opportunities as they did in t- last year, just because all of their starting pitchers are hurt. Yeah, yeah, and now their bullpen's worse. You know, they don't have Addison Reed setting up to get to Familia. But I still think he yeah. he is very. Like, I would definitely. I'm going to put him behind Justin Wilson, but that's still in the top twenty closers. So. Well, like the reason I, I I like Justin Wilson too, um, and you know they're. they're I think he has top 15 potential, but the reason why right now there's a big gap between the two is because, like, Addison Reed, there was never a question he was going to be the one to replace Familia if something happened to Familia. And we know Familia's not going to be back for a long, long time. I I don't know that, because Justin Wilson's a left-hander, because K-Rod is still there, and I don't have a lot of confidence in K-Rod turning it around, but it's a possibility. He still has that that uh, the guy he's overtaking breathing down his neck. So I, I just I just don't know that there's the same security there that there is with Reed. Do we like, know Reed is the Mets closer? Do we know that familiar is out for a long, long time? We're just yes. assuming. Okay. Yes, it's it's either going to be what Matt Harvey had, which would put him out for the rest of the season, or it's going to be um it's going to be another kind of surgery. Uh, I'm trying to think of the example I saw yes oh uh, one of the Mets beat writers talked to Dylan G about the experience he had with what the alternate to what Harvey had would be. And, uh, still looking at several months recovery. Okay. So, uh, last thing here. Well, not last thing, but uh, Nathalie Feliz was bad again. Archie Bradley. I mean, Fernando Rodney's actually converted three straight 
save opportunities in the he month has of May. Nine saves I, and a nine point nine five year. Crazy, yeah, it's awesome. It, uh, I want this to continue all year long. I want a forty save reliever with a six ERA. Sean Kelly and Coda Glover are both set to come off the DL very soon. We also have Jacob Barnes, who we mentioned yesterday, but it looks like Knable would be the first. Like, there are some options out there right now if you want to do some speculating. So, you know, who would you put on your bench? Knable? Yeah. I, I mean, I probably, I don't know. He's behind Wilson. He's behind Reed. He's behind, uh, there's nobody in Arizona I'd put ahead of him. Not Brad, I, yeah. I wonder about okay. the San Diego situation. I mean, it was only Brandon Maurer's first blown save, but I I don't think he's very good at all. And they've got two guys that could take that job if Carter Caps could get anybody out in the minors. Yeah, so Carter Caps is trying to get his mechanics right. He has not been brought up yet, but uh Maurer Maurer had a two oh three ERA and he has one walk to nineteen strikeouts before yeah. yesterday, and now he has a four sixty one ERA. He gave up four runs and a walk off homer to Mike Napoli in a third of an inning. So he was having a nice year. Uh but Carter Caps is another guy that down the line could definitely get some saves. And I wanted to point out Sean Kelly's only fifty six percent owned right now. Yep. So I'd rather have Kelly than any of those Milwaukee guys too, of course. Okay. Would you rather have Kelly or Justin Wilson? I would rather have Wilson. Yeah, Wilson. And I think, like, if you're in one of those leagues, like Scott said, where there's just nothing, I think Coda Glover, just let's see what happens. Because we know that they have injury concerns with Sean Kelly, and he just went on the DL. Right. So it's not un, it's not unrealistic that at least they split or something like that. No, I think if, if Kelly stays healthy the rest of the year, Glover stays healthy the rest of the year, and both pitch well, Glover's still going to get a fourth of the saves Kelly does. How, what what percent chance do you think is there the kind of start the Nationals are off to? Like what percent chance is there that they don't acquire a closer at some point? Twenty to twenty five. It wouldn't be any higher than that. Like so, I don't know that you're talking a long term investment in either Kelly or Glover. And if they're splitting splitting saves, that's that's ultimately bad news. Yeah, probably. But it's you know it's. Bad news for Kelly, I guess good news for Glover, based on current perception right now. Sure. So anyway, uh, let's talk about yesterday's standouts. There, I'm not going to talk too much about yesterday today, because I really want to uh, do some... Well, i got some fun segments here. For example, a segment called Adam Says a Bunch of Crazy Stuff, and Maybe Scott and Heath Agree. I'm going to jump ahead to that one. And That's com- a long segment title. You know, well, it's crazy. Chop that up a little. It's crazy. I'm saying crazy stuff. Maybe Scott and Heath will agree. Uh, there are only four pitchers that I would take over Dallas Keuchel at this point. Okay. Are the four pitchers Kershaw, Scherzer, Sale, and DeGrom? No. They are no. Kershaw, Scherzer, Sale, and that Justin Verlander. What? What about Corey Kluber? I I kind of um I had a rule I never trade for players on the DL. I broke that rule and I traded for Zach Britton, and I don't think I ever want to break that rule again. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that's a great rule, but uh okay. Um yeah. Yeah, I can't I can't go that far. I no. mean, I do think Keichel's going to have the second best year of his career and probably be in the Cy Young conversation, but you know, a lot of pitchers were in the Cy Young conversation last year who weren't necessarily inside my top 10 and I think he might he might be in in that range for me I I wanted to move him up this morning because I knew that we would talk about Dallas Keuchel being awesome again and I wanted to make sure I wanted to look at where he was and so in a points league I now have him 13th 
directly behind Grinky, who has been better this year and has been better for most of their career. He hasn't been better than Keiko this year. He has a lower FIP, a lower XFIP, and a lower C. ERA matters. Good. I finally got to say ERA matters. <laughs> Zach Greinke, 279 ERA. Dallas Keuchel, what is it, like 150 or something? I, Dallas 169. Keuchel, 169 well, ERA. Well, how, how do you feel about Keuchel now that his K per nine is 7.7? I mean, for an extreme ground ball pitcher. That's I, I've moved him up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's like I said, he's he's up to 13th now. So... Oh, 13th for you. Oh, I need to move him up. I gotta catch up to Heath now. Oh. Um, and God. I know, I happen to know Jake Garrietta's 11th for me. I might move Keiko up that high. Oh yeah. Um, do it. Do I want him more than Arietta? Oh yeah. You don't. You do. I mean, if, if Arietta's velocity wasn't down two miles per hour, it'd be an easy no, but. Look, it is. He's I'm just amazing. not sure how to reconcile. That. He's amazing. He was, he was number five, uh, number four, number five starting pitcher two years ago, Dallas Keiko. Just he's he's just incredible, and uh, so many ground balls. Everything's down, and yeah, he's, I don't know. I, I I get it. The strikeouts aren't aren't uh, ace like, but the whip. I mean, he's gonna have a great whip. He's gonna have a better whip than Granky. Well, I think the concern is because he's not missing bats. Is he going to start giving up more hits that would then, you know, like he obviously will hurt eventually give up yeah. more hits. Yeah, yeah he will. That's, yeah. that's going to happen for sure. That's true. Yeah. All right, fine. Uh, so so we've set our piece. We've set our piece. You want to keep going? Keiko's great. He's number 13. That's wonderful. He's right behind Grinky, who has been phenomenal. Well, no, it's just the thing about Grinky. Like, he wasn't phenomenal. He was struggling, and then he had this great start against the Padres, and Scott said sell high. It was the Padres. I think he had two starts against the Padres, right? Uh, yeah. And now, it, he, after— Well, now he's dominating everybody. After has. he got roughed up by <laughs> the Dodgers— a couple of people told Granky, you're not throwing your slider as hard as you used to. So he's been throwing it harder now, and apparently his slider has just been bananas. Okay, lately. but you said he was struggling. He has one start this year where he's given up more than three runs, and two starts this year where he's given up more than three. But you don't think or he was struggling? You don't think he was struggling earlier? He wasn't pitching that well. It wasn't. It wasn't. Long enough for me to call it struggling. It was, it was mild struggle. It was influenced both by the velocity being down, which it still is, by the way. It hasn't really changed. Uh, and two, except for the slider, I guess. And two, um, you know, we were, that was some carryover. We had some carryover perception from last year, which was obviously a bad year, but his last four starts over 27 innings, Granky has 38 strikeouts to three walks. I don't care about velocity at that point. I mean, he's he's been he's awesome. Been great. Oh, I'm not taking away from Granky. But now, do you feel like like Granky is back? Like there, he is no yeah. longer sell high. He's he's Granky. I no longer sell high. I'm going to be moving him into my top 15 for sure. And yeah. Then he might be. What a day! Right on the heels there of <laughs> Arietta. I, I I know Chris Archer's in that range too. So I got to start thinking Archer versus Granky. Uh, that would still be a tough one because Archer's been on a. Nice run himself. Jason Vargas has been on a nice run. Five and one with a 101 ERA. And as I mentioned, lowest ERA this late in the season since 2010, Ubaldo Jimenez. Uh, Vargas, seven scoreless innings at Tampa Bay. He now has eight walks, 39 strikeouts, and 44 and two thirds. And he has had a somewhat easy schedule. Oakland, San Francisco, White Sox twice, Tampa Bay, but also Houston and Cleveland. <laughs> what the hell? Top 30? Jason Vargas? <laughs> Uh, that's funny you say that number because I 
saw on Twitter last night, and I was kind of shocked that our good friend Al had responded to someone's tweet and said he's in my top 30 now. Oh, wow. I can't move him that high. Um, but he does deserve to go up again. Like, it's not just all good luck. It has been some good luck. He's eventually going to give up some more home runs. Uh, yeah. But, and I mean, look, the, the, the whiffs we were seeing earlier in the season are gone. So now it's just command and forcing weak contact. And that's, I mean, that's always dangerous unless you have the track record of Dallas Keiko, obviously the extreme ground ball tendency. Vargas doesn't have that. He's, I think he's a little more of a fly ball. He is a fly ball pitcher for sure. Um, so makes no sense. Like the best thing Vargas has (laughs) going for him is that he's efficient and is old. So the Royals let him pitch as deep as he's able to go, and so few pitchers are allowed to do that, that I think he probably is more valuable than we've been giving him credit for. But, I mean, he's going to have some very ugly starts probably sooner than later. The the, the funny thing is, is he kind of reminds me of the J-Hap from last year when I kept saying, no, he's not this good, no, he's not this good, no, he's not this good, and J-Hap kept making me look stupid. So I feel like I have to just keep saying it about Vargas. Um, but he's going to have a career year. Like you can't get this far into the season with a 101 ERA. It'd be surprising if his season-long ERA was above three and a half now. Would you rather have Eduardo Rodriguez or Jason Vargas? Erod, hmm. not coming around to Erod yet. Huh? All those I'm not, strikeouts. I'm not down on Erod that much. I don't know. Like I need to move both of them up. Yeah. I. I'll say Erod. <laughs> would you rather have Eduardo Rodriguez or Aaron Nola? Nola. I would rather have Rodriguez because he's already doing what I hoped Nola would do. Would you... Four straight starts of six innings for Eduardo Rodriguez with more than a strikeout per. And this is his the walks haven't high, even though. been bad lately. So Career high for Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, four straight quality starts. I do feel like his progress has always been interrupted by injuries, and now he's healthy. I don't know if I should say always, but uh, I, I I really like Eduardo Rodriguez. We told you last week he was like in the 60s as ownership. We said you got to get him. Now Rodriguez is 81% owned. Um, last one, Rodriguez or Pineda? I'd go Rodriguez there. Ooh. Pineda. What'd you say, Heath? Pineda. Pineda. Yeah. I don't – I just so conflicted on Pineda. I I want to say I don't buy it, but now it's you know now it's like eight starts, seven eight starts into the season. He's still pitching pretty well, but I and I don't know if I there's mean, data out for yesterday's start, but two starts uh-huh. ago at the Cubs, he threw his change up twenty one percent of the time, which was almost. I, I know it's high. I know it's up overall, that up to like ten percent for the year, um, which is you know it's more. It, we don't want him throwing the change up too much because it's not a very good change up, but he does need to throw it to give hitters something else to think about. So maybe 10% is the perfect amount. I think what would really be the game changer for Pineda, and there's, I don't know that there's really a way to quantify it, except just, oh, look, the numbers are better, is it seems like the Yankees have made reference over the years to a lot of concentration issues. Yes. And mental issues. Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, and he's in and, a contract year. I really think that matters with Pineda. Strange, the players that you identify as contract years mattering. Why? I don't know. It's just like occasionally there is well, somebody that I, because that's, he's a guy that's that hasn't been focused. 
CeCe Sabathia has to yell at him from the dugout to stay focused on the mound. He's got an incentive to stay focused now. Like, Pineda is someone I buy into in the con- – just a theory. You don't have to believe it yourself. It's fine. I, I feel like when you say that, you're basically saying this guy doesn't enjoy baseball as much no, as everyone else. I, he's just, not as competitive because he's not as motivated by just trying um, to win games. Well, no, but, I mean, you look at and, – and look, I'm not – I'm not accusing or accusing. That's, that's, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting totally uh, Scott. I'm using bad. Uh, I'm framing this poorly, but just to give you an example, um, and I'm not saying this is Pineda's situation at all, but Adam LaRoche, when he first came up, he would have issues all the time at first base where like he'd get caught up watching the play and not do what he was supposed to do on the diamond. And it turns out he had undiagnosed ADD and had to get that treated. I mean, that... That just shows you, like, what's going on in a player's head. I mean, it, it's not just a matter of him caring. It's just we don't we we don't know what's going on in his head. And and if he needs help concentrating and he's getting that help now, then he could be better. All right, guys. A uh, lot to get to today. I think yeah, the uh, last thing on Pineda, he's still getting up a lot of home runs. So that's kind of concerning, but. At this point, it's like I, I think that my thoughts have changed on Pineda because there are so few unreliable pitch uh, reliable pitchers that right now he's one of them. But I do wonder if you could get something good for him and if you should trade him. But I think we'll probably disagree on that, and that would take forever. So let me read this email. Mike just came in from George. Mike bleeping Napoli. After listening to you guys bleep all over Napoli yesterday, I dropped him, and of course he crushes two home runs. <laughs> uh <laughs> So I'm starting Mike Reynolds, Mark Reynolds right now. Would you rather have Reynolds or Napoli rest of season? Reynolds. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm. I got a lot of tweets last night about. Do you still think Mike Napoli is going to hit 15 home runs now? Uh, well, he's on pace for a lot more than that. He must. It must have been. Yeah. It must have been. He's going to lose his job. Yes. Your take. Yes. That yeah. was my take. Because he was awful, and he had a yeah. he had a good night. Um, he's he's kind of. Um, he's fringy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, with as many players are providing home runs right now, there's no reason to roster Napoli in a standard 12 team league. I want to dream of drop, dropping him in our 16 team league, Adam, because I'm pretty confident he's going to get hot at some point. Maybe this is the start of it, but you'll have, you'll have chances to react to that beyond that. Did you guys start beyond this now? Week? I think in, uh, no, we didn't. Uh, did we start Yonder Alonso this week? We did. Okay. Do well, you good. know what your current score? Yes, is? Heath. We know. Oh, and ten. <laughs> Not Yonder Alonso's like, fault. He has this, half. Of, he has half of our home runs for the week. This could be. This is it. The, the end. Yeah. This like, is you it. You guys lose. Lose ten zero. Your season's over. Yeah, we're done. Oh, come on. No, Scott. He's right. It's <laughs> way too early. We're already in last place. I mean, we I can't go ten and zero. We can I mean, go with ten. Considering you can make up ten wins in one week. Well, some people. Can. Yeah, I don't know. We can. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm I'm not a quitter. Everyone get, is a fan of the Green Machine right now. I've seen Step some pretty dramatic comebacks in fantasy before, and I think there's good explanation. Like our best hitters have done hardly anything, mm-hmm. and if we still if we still have faith that Encarnacion and Dozier are going to be good players, then there's reason to think our team overall could get hot too. Yeah, I agree, but we can't go we can't go and ten. That'll be bad. Look, guys. You can get yourself to Indochino. Get yourself an Indochino suit. Take my advice. You're a grown-up. You're a grown-up. Spend some money on a custom made-to-measure suit. And Indochino helps you save money on this, by the way. 50% off with our promo code FBT. That's a premium suit for $379 with free shipping. 
promo code FBT at Indochino.com. It's really one of those things where you don't realize how valuable a custom suit is until you have one. Once I got my Indochino suit, which which fit me perfectly, by the way, I designed it. I got my monogram. Once I got that suit, I never wanted to wear my generic off-the-rack suits again. There's just no comparison. I feel more confident when I'm in my Indochino suit. You really need to get one of these. And a lot of times they're 800 bucks or more. So I get it. It's prohibitive. But with our promo code FBT, it's $379. Design every aspect of it at Indochino.com, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. Or you can visit a showroom and use our promo code FBT at checkout on Indochino.com. That's FBT for any premium suit for 379 with free shipping. News and notes. Trevor Story's on the DL with a shoulder strain. Kenta Maeda's on the DL with a hamstring strain, so I guess Alex Wood in the rotation, right? It, it, Dodgers, come on. <laughs> Do we really think Kenta Maeda's hamstring hurts at all? Yes, he was pitching well. You know, it was funny reading Dave Roberts try to explain this. He's like... <laughs> it was funny. I, I, I need to find the exact quote. But I know was, exactly what you're talking about. He basically he acknowledged... Was like, oh, you know... He did say something about his hamstring a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, like Dungeon Ryu has to be activated. They're bringing Rich Hill back next week. Let's cut a couple innings off for Maeda. Give him a start off. Yeah. Well, well he, but he even said he even mentioned Ryu. He's like, and then Ryu was ready. It's <laughs> like, whoa, are you confessing to this right now? Like, this is DL madness. But all right, so we don't expect it to be long term for Maeda. No. no. And no. I think uh, I think Ryu just assured that actually. Ryu's hamstring started hurting last night after the game, so uh, not, not, it didn't actually happen. But you know, no, I don't. I don't know. Are you ready to drop Ryu? He got blasted by the Rockies, but it I was. was co- I mean, ready to drop him? How owned is he? He's like forty-five-ish percent. Yeah, he's already scarcely owned in mixed leagues. Um, and yeah, I, I didn't have a lot of faith in him. There was some. He seemed awfully hittable, even though the strikeout rate was okay. The velocity's not all the way back, and I know this was a Coors Field start, but it's easy to when I already don't have faith in a guy. That's fine. It's easy to say he's just bad. Okay. Uh, Jarrell Cotton sent to the minor. Sean Mania likely going to come off the DL and pitch either Sunday or Monday. Robinson Cano was scratched with a sore quad. The Mariners did not want him to play on the turf in Toronto. Mike Trout returned. He DH'd. Adrian Beltre took BP. Kinsler and Dozier both back. Dozier homered. Lucas Duda likely to come off the DL today. We'll see what happens there uh, with Rivera playing pretty well. I don't know that Duda's going to play every day. Um, well, I don't know that he would have anyway. But Matt Harvey's going to pitch tonight. We got an email from Brian. Should I start Matt Harvey tonight at Milwaukee? I don't think I would. Scott, you've been talking all week about how he was going to dice up the Brewers. Uh, I have a hunch we're going to see the Matt Harvey's best start tonight but it's one of those hunches that like i i it's more of a it's more of a i believe it in my heart than i believe it in my head kind of thing it's, it's not like i've been looking forward to this start all week long and i wish that scott and i could go to a bar together and watch matt harvey at miller park and just i'll cheer for my favorite park and he can cheer for his favorite pitcher and it would be so much fun it would be fun. Uh, why can't you? I, I have it on good authority we? that Scott White went to a bar just last week in Fort Lauderdale. Wow. Uh, yeah, our friend, uh, our buddy Nando was in town. I hadn't seen Nando since he stopped working with us. So, I, uh, yeah, that was where I had to see Nando, so that's where I went. That's very nice of you. I, I am looking forward to Travis Shaw 
and someone is sliding down the slide. <laughs> Francisco Liriano on the DL with shoulder soreness. Ryan Brain could end up on the DL with a calf injury. My phone will not call him Ryan Braun. Ryan Brain, DL with a calf injury. Todd Frazier DH'd as Rick Renteria tries to manage Frazier's back issues. I'm going to put him on the dropo meter in a little bit. Uh, Lisa Alberte Bonilla is going to replace rookie Davis in the Cincinnati rotation. Any interest in Lisa Alberte Bonilla? No. no. Okay. Well, I'm not sure I've heard anybody pronounce his first name before. That was fun. I don't know if I said it right, but. It sounded good to me. Yeah, right? Good job, Adam. Should be right. Uh, Denard Span is underowned. He's 14% owned. I'm not saying he should be 50% owned, but he shouldn't be 14% <laughs> owned. He's leading off for the Giants, came off the DL, had a big game. Also, Brandon Crawford is off the DL. And for you NL-only guys or girls, Matt Caesar batted second and started in left field for the Padres. It was Caesar's second straight game in the lineup. He did not bat second the first time, though. Uh, it, look, if you're playing a league where you, anybody who gets regular at-bats is, is worth owning, is Matt Caesar at least going to get regular at-bats, do you think, for San Diego? Uh, no, that seems unlikely. Regular seems unlikely. Semi-regular maybe, but, I mean, he's certainly not, doesn't have enough, uh, statistical upside in a semi-regular role for you to care about him. Prospect report coming up in just a second. Right now, our email of the day at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. It's from Chris R. He said, <clears throat> I need a team name. Oh man. I went so long, the kind, every time I eat a kind bar, it gets stuck in my throat finally, finally, 28 minutes into the show. Uh, I need a team name involving Cody Bellinger. Any ideas? And I'm gonna put this up to the listeners for team name, for team themes Tuesday, but we've had for whom the Bellinger tolls like many, many times. So it's gotta be something other than that. Please. Be- what about Bellinger? I hardly know her. No, that's, I don't like it. I, how about Bellinger of the Beast? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Well, good luck, everybody. Why not like uh, Kid Cody? What? Kid. It's not very witty, Who's but kid? it's better than it's better than trying to be witty and failing. Uh. Well, I don't know. I like the A for effort thing. <laughs> who's Kid Bellinger? Like, who's Kid? I don't get it. Who's Kid Cody? Well, Kid Cody. Um. Was somebody famous, right? I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm I don't know. I'm trying to Google it now. <laughs> Me what about, too. There, there, there are 27,000 Google results for Kid Cody in quotation marks, but it's not clear who Kid Cody what is. About, it's just something people say. Get in my Bellinger. <laughs> Get in my Bellinger. I like that, but Bellinger of the Beast doesn't work, but you make belly, they're like, that's ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> Prospect report. Are you interested in picking up Eddie Butler, who will start today for the for the Cubs at St. Louis, or Jose Barrios, who will start tomorrow at Cleveland for Minnesota? Yes, Barrios, very much so. Yep, 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 yep. I don't know that Barrios is must-add, but I uh, I found someone I was willing to release for him in all my leagues. Yep. Uh, in one league, I happened to lose Familia, so that was like, okay, I'll I'll go ahead and pick up Barrios just in case he's awesome Saturday. In another league, I could drop Matt Shoemaker for him. I don't have a lot of faith in Shoemaker at this point, so I was willing to do it. I will probably drop Barrios if he looks like 2016 Barrios on Saturday, but if he doesn't, uh, I, you know, with his upside, and obviously he was dominating at AAA just like he did last year, um... I could see him having an impact much like Michael Fulmer did last year. What about Butler for the Cubs? I don't have much faith in him. No. Okay, he was doing great in AAA, right? 
I got to admit, I I haven't checked. He was. He was. His minor league numbers in the Rocky system always underwhelmed me, and I didn't understand why this guy was such a big prospect. Okay. Well, uh, let's I, I let's can... look at the strikeout rate in particular. 17 strikeouts in 32, 30 and two-thirds innings. No, thank you. Oh, that sucks. But a 117 ERA. But, yeah, that's, no, not missing enough bats. Now, but you could understand why that was a huge problem with the Rockies. Uh, yeah. Might be a little better with the Cubs, but all right. How about uh, Rockies starting pitcher Jeff Hoffman? 8% owned. He just made a spot start yesterday, but. I will always bet against a Rockies pitcher until he shows me I shouldn't do that anymore. And Until he shows me. I think I said she shows me. No, I think it's, that doesn't matter. I, I, you know what? I like it, Scott. Very PC. He or she shows me. You never know. Now, Scott, uh, who who are the five prospects we need to stash right now? So, well, one of them was Barrios, and so uh, I think it's fair to say he's graduated from that distinction at this point. Uh, he was one of the newcomers to the list. No, actually, he he'd been there before. Sorry. There were two no- newcomers to the list. I kicked off Lewis Brinson because Keon Broxton's tearing it up in the majors now. I kicked off um, Joe Ross because I'm not sure I'll be thrilled to own him, even if he gets called back up. The two newcomers are Reese Hoskins of the Phillies, who is, has monster numbers at AAA, was... Had 38 home runs in the minors last year, but it was at a notorious hitter-friendly park. People were riding it off. He's on an even better home run pace this year. Good plate discipline numbers, batting well over 300. Reese Hoskins, Phillies outfielder? Phillies first baseman. First baseman, okay. Spelled R-H-Y-S. What? Yeah. I don't don't um, like it. Yeah, I don't don't think Tommy Joseph is going to be able to hold him back for long. It's... it's, it's, uh, Cool. I think he could be a big producer right away. And then Ahmed Rosario was the other newcomer. He almost got called up. If, if as Drupal Cabrera's thumb injury turned out to be more than just a jam, it was a torn ligament or something that was going to sideline him for months, I think Ahmed Rosario would already be in the majors. But since that didn't happen, they're giving him a little more time. Cabrera's in a contract year, and uh is not hitting very he's well. He's not properly motivated. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> so his brain doesn't work the same way. So yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be long before the change happens. Anyway, the other three prospects to stash: Joan Moncado has been the case all year. Um, Franklin Barreto. Athletics are not showing any signs of calling him up, but Marcus Simeon down for a long time. He's still crushing it at AAA. Things could change quickly there. And I think that's it. I think those are the five. You took Brinson Brewers. off, but but what if Braun goes on the DL? Would you think the Brewers would call up uh, Brinson? Probably not. No, It'd be hard Unless, on Perez in the outfield every day, right? Or, um, yeah, yeah, okay. they have, or or Eric Thames in the outfield and Jesus Aguilar playing more. They have so many options on the major league level, particularly if we're just talking a short term DL stint for Braun. Mm-hmm. I I don't think that would be enough for them to make that move. Okay. Mm, trade talk, if we got any buy lows or sell highs, I've got a uh, bunch of crazy stuff that maybe you guys would agree with. We'll look at the most added list, and then we'll help you set your lineup. Oh, I, I wanted to talk about five hitting surprises. I'm not sure if we'll have time. Uh, we do have much to cover, as usual. Uh, I also need to tell you about Harry's Razors, because uh, I this is something I love. I love a company that knows it has a good product and says, we are so confident in our product, we will give it to you for free. 
That's Harry's Razors. Harry's.com slash FBT. H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com slash F-B-T for that free offer. I use Harry's Razors. It is a great shave. Very close, very smooth shave. I really enjoy it. And their blades are half the price, if not less, of the razors you'll get at the drugstore. Is there a bigger ripoff than razor blades? Just stop it already. Get Harry's Razors. You know what you have to pay to get a great shave? Three dollars. That's the shipping cost. Harry's going to send you a trial set for free. All you have to do is pay shipping. You get a razor handle. Five precision-engineered blades, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover for three bucks. So get your free trial set right now, including that razor handle, the blade, five-blade cartridge, and a shave gel. Go to harrys.com slash FBT right now. harrys.com slash FBT. Makes a lot of sense, guys. Look into it. All right. Uh, anybody that you want to trade for or trade away, first name I'll throw out is, I think, a very obvious one. So if you're in a league with seasoned veterans, it might not work. But I can't see Kyle Seeger being this bad. He has uh, 18 walks to 19 strikeouts. He's He was bad at the beginning of last year. Like he seemed, Kyle Seeger's been one of the most consistent players for five years, four or five years now. I feel like mm-hmm. obvious by-low candidate Kyle Seeger. It it's very reminiscent of last year where all the peripherals looked great and he just wasn't producing. Yep. And he came around then. I expect he will this year too. Yeah, I, I would be very happy to buy low on him. And I think you could maybe even like mix in a sell high of Jason Vargas and sell Vargas for Seager to somebody. Anyone else you really want to get? I still want to get Arietta before he makes another start. I still want to try to get Tanaka. I made a trade mm-hmm. offer that I thought was fair. Uh, he said it wasn't. What was it again, Heath? It was Travis Shaw and Eduardo Rodriguez for Tanaka. Yeah, I that don't think out. that's enough. Well, that I think not. I could see how some people would go for that. Yeah, um, he's probably not the one you're going to get to go for that. But well, no, I'm the Travis Shaw guy. I, I know, but you're also a fantasy analyst. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I don't think that was a terrible offer. Right. But but um, I mean, cargo. I'm not pushing really hard to to acquire cargo or anything because I don't have a great outfield need in many leagues. But he's still, I think, clearly a buy low right now, batting under 200 with what two home runs or something. Um, that's the most obvious one that comes to mind for me. But there are still many out there. I mean, the fact that Xander Bogarts hasn't hit a single home run yet is strange. Now he's hitting like 340, but his strikeout rate's also way down. Which kind of supports him hitting for a higher average. Five steals, by the way, for Bogarts. He had two yesterday. Yeah. Uh, so I, I still see him as a buy low. I still suspect he's going to approach 20 home runs when all said and done. Um, I, um, I like taking on this, uh, finding a sell high to mix with Scott's buy lows or your buy lows. So I'll just uh, stick with that. I like Michael Conforto a lot. I think he's a very good young player. I would sell him high for Cargo. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, well, I mean, it's not that obvious. You know, people might think Cargo's done. Oh, I think I think people would take that trade. Yeah, I, I was going to mention Conforto yesterday. I mean, he is having such a great year, and he's leading off. Just, They've not faced a lot of lefties. He hasn't. They? No, and he's hitting. I think he's four for ten against lefties, or four for Three. twelve. Three for twelve. Three for twelve. Three for twelve. Yeah, four for ten was way too high. Uh, I knew he was batting two fifty, so terrible math on my part. But yeah, forty uh, percent <laughs> strikeout rate in those fifteen plate appearances. Um, yeah, I don't. 
if he doesn't play against lefties, he's going to have a hard time being a top 30 outfielder, obviously. And if he does, then it's probably going to hurt his ratios. Okay, so I keep coming up with more by-low possibilities here, too. One I think I would be really excited to pursue because it would be a clear upgrade over whatever I have there is either Jonathan LaCroix or Gary Sanchez. Yep. But LaCroix is starting to wake up, I think. He's starting to wake up, but I, not but not in the obvious way Posey has. I mean, a week ago I could have called Posey a by-low, not anymore. Uh, and Gary Sanchez, I love what he's doing peripherally. Obviously hasn't gotten the bats to really um, capitalize on it yet. And just, just from the perspective of, okay, he's really done nothing for me all this time, I think his owner would be willing to move on him for a Michael Conforto or something like that. And Salvador Perez is like such a good sell high candidate. I was just going to say that when I, I don't know that I'd sell him quite yet. You've probably another got another good month and a half of good production left. People but might yes. know that though at this point. Like if you, if people know that Salvador Perez is bad after the all-star break every year, you have to understand what kind of league you're in if you have savvy owners. You know, then you need to sell him way before that. But yeah, you're right, Heath. I mean, it's not like Perez is going to be bad now. It's it's as soon as the All Star game is over. <laughs> Just like pack and it he, up. I mean, he has probably been better so far than he has been in most first halves. But he's, he's the number one catcher in both formats, Salvador Perez. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna wear down again. Ed, Edwin Encarnacion, Rugnetto Dor. Uh, we mentioned. Brian Dozier earlier, he's probably less than the other two, but I'd be willing how how uh, how cheap you could probably get him. Okay. I I don't even know, and this is more topical. Trevor Story. I was about to say that. Yes. Oh. Well, you don't trade for DL players, Adam. No, I, well, I wouldn't do it, but, but it, it I think hurt? it's possible. I think it's possible his owner is considering dropping him right now. So I really don't think you'd have to get up give up much for the player who could lead the position in home runs from today forward, even even factoring in the DL time from today forward. I'll trade for DL players if I don't have to give much up. When I traded for Zach Britton, I gave up Dylan Bundy. Yeah. You know, so it is, it is, I never, there's no such thing as never, you know, but I don't want to give up much for a player on the DL, especially like, okay, if it's a pitcher with an arm injury, that's a big deal. If it's a hitter with an oblique injury, like I wouldn't trade for Mitch Haniger. I don't know what Mitch Haniger is going to be like when he gets back. Oblique injuries have the tendency to like ruin seasons. But um, if it's a hit, what was Story's injury? Was it shoulder? It was a strained shoulder, 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 which that's a little scary. If it's real. yeah, it is a little scary. And I'm I'm talking buying really low. Uh, that right. would be the only way I'd buy him. I'm not trading. Um, you know, I'm not trading Addison Russell for Trevor Story today, but. You know, if it's just like my fifth outfielder or something, like Aaron Altair, who I just picked up off waivers, and a lot of people are probably frustrated that I got beat them to him. Uh, I could see maybe the story owner going for that. We had an email. Let's see if I can find who it was from. It's from Brian in Cleveland. Ten team head to head categories league nine by nine. Would you drop Dexter Fowler for Aaron Altair? No. I think I might. If it's if it's such a shallow league that Altair isn't already picked up, what's his ownership up to now? Probably like sixty, right? I'm gonna guess it's fifty six. Heath, you wanna guess? Aaron Altair's? Altair? Yeah. Uh forty eight. Fifty eight Yeah fifty eight. Eat it. So it's not necessarily <laughs> it doesn't have to be that shallow of a league, I guess, for Altair to 
be unowned still. But like, if it's so shallow that you could even dream of dropping Fowler, I just feel like there's a clear limit to Fowler's ceiling that there's not to Altair's. I mean, I'm not going to bet on it, but I, I don't think it's crazy to think Altair could be a top 15 outfielder. There's probably about 40 outfielders who I could say could be top 15 outfielders, and he's among them. I don't know that Fowler's among them. Yeah, I don't think Fowler could be top 15. It's a good point. Maybe in an OBP league, but no. Uh, I, I see what you're saying. All right, it's time for our favorite segment. Adam says a bunch of crazy stuff, and maybe Scott and Heath agree. After this, we will talk about the most added list and some two-start pitchers. And here we go. Evan Gaddis will eventually overtake Carlos Beltran as Houston's primary DH. Uh, Sure. Yeah. I mean, he'll always catch some, and I don't think Carlos Beltran will never start, but I could see Gaddis having more at-bats than Beltran going forward. This is a stupid question, but are they carrying a third catcher? I don't think so. I don't think they'd like to do that on a regular basis where they're playing both of their catchers, but Beltran's been pretty terrible, and he's like 117 years old, and so I, I don't necessarily disagree with it. Okay. Joey Votto is better than Anthony Rizzo. This is probably right. Right? It's crazy. <laughs> they're, they're very similar in, in terms of their like yearly home runs. You know, so I don't really know what Rizzo is better at. Like, he doesn't walk more. It's just, I feel like he's younger. Oh, we think he's he been a better power hitter. Not much uh, better though. Votto has one career 30 homer season. And, and three, and three with 29. I mean, that's kind of. Okay, but but Rizzo's been around 35 back-to-back years, right? Is it that much? And, I thought it was more like 32. I guess I'm wrong. You're right. No, you're right. 32, oh. 31, 32. You're right. Okay, you're right. It's it's closer than I thought. I don't know that we ever really consider what if Joey Votto doesn't suck for the first three months of the season. Which is happening <laughs> right now. Like he's right. Not, he's yeah, been... no. He's, he seems to have He seems to have changed some things. He's been – I think he's been more aggressive earlier in the count. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's fun when you can be more aggressive at the plate and cut your strikeout rate to 11%. <laughs> yeah. Like, you... it probably is true. It, it probably is. The one hang up is that at the Cubs supporting cast, I don't even care what the numbers look like to date. It's clearly better than the Reds. Rizzo's going to have many more RBI opportunities. But I don't know that that's enough. I, I maybe do need to move Vado ahead of him in my rankings. Kind of crazy. Okay. Uh, Aaron Hicks, 56% old, will be the ultimate post-hype breakout. By the way, he drew three of the Yankees' four walks yesterday, and Hicks has 20 walks in 75 at bats, so like 100 and, or 90, like, like 95 to 100 plate appearances. I don't know if they were bunts or whatever, but. Did, did I miss the formal announcement where we replaced the Thames report with the Hicks update? <laughs> Aaron Hicks, ultimate post-hype breakout, guys. I mean, Conforto isn't? Altair isn't? Well, Conforto already had a good year. Paxton isn't? Uh, okay, uh, fine. We, the, hi, Paxton was plenty hyped. Come on. That's true. Um, I mean, Hicks needs to have a place to play, right? He, right now, is arguably their second best hitter. Yeah. He started for Gardner yesterday, but it was against a lefty. They'll probably keep benching somebody for him, you know, Four or five days a week, but I, and someone will probably get hurt at some point. Like I've, I've said before, I want Hicks in five outfielder leagues, but as 
tight as roster space is for me in three outfielder leagues. I just can't justify adding him there yet. Here's one we're going to have to wait until next week for. One-hit wonders are not worth anything more than a late-round pick. That is definitely something we're going to have to look at. And no, I don't consider Gene Segura a one-hit wonder, but that is up to interpretation, open to interpretation. So, so you're talking about Aledmus Diaz. I'm talking about Aledmus Diaz. I'm talking about Jonathan Villar. I'm talking about Steve Pierce a couple of years ago. I'm talking about one-hit wonders, you know, and, and I need to go through the list and find— Aledmus Diaz has been good. No, he has not been good. Yes, he has. He's what, maybe, is he, what has he not done well? What, he hasn't what has he, much. What has he done well? I mean, he's been good. He's maybe at a good pace. He's made contact at a good rate. He's, he's like been, he's got he's got he's like the twelfth best shortstop right now in a terrible position. He's batting two fifty six with a two seventy five on base, four thirteen slugging. I don't think that's so good. He's. That's, that's, I mean, he's that's not good in, in terms of production. He's for the year. He's sandwiched between Xander Bogarts and Addison Russell. Addison Russell's been terrible. Addison, Addison Russell's batting two twenty seven, slugging three fifty nine. He's got an OPS below 700. He's been bad. Okay. All right. Well, add add Aladmus Diaz to the list of buy lows then, because I I, agree I don't with that. I don't feel no, like I, I don't feel that. like he's been that bad. Well, I'll so, tell you, the OPP is is suffering, but otherwise he's been good. I don't know that you'd say that a guy who has had basically no big league track record is a one hit wonder. I'm talking about a guy like VR who had a pretty lousy, albeit small sample size, but really like a very uninspiring uh, major league career. Then he's amazing last year. That's a one-hit wonder to me. But, uh okay, next week. Let's look at um, most added and two-star pitchers. Sorry it took so long, but uh it's going to take a little longer because I need about five seconds to get the list up, and I need less than that. Here we go. Most added players, Yonder Alonso, A.J. Griffin, Justin Wilson, Aaron Hicks, Aaron Altair. Which Aaron would you rather have? Altair. Altair. Trevor Cahill. Derek Holland, who was terrible last night, uh, Scott, are you going to stick? Coming. Yeah, well, Scott, are you going to stick with Derek Holland, or are you ready? Are you willing to shake this off? Well, I it was it was probably by the time I came around to using him, it was probably already time to lose him. <laughs> but uh, that's kind of the problem with the, one it, of the problems. It, with it's that. going to be hard to predict. Like, look, there's somebody worth picking up. I have no problem dropping Holland for him. But, I have no problem. Holding on to him if there's nobody to pick up either. Though. Did you drop him for Barrios? Yes, in a heartbeat. Okay, like quickly. All right, I would say like Holland last year he had a good first half, except for two terrible starts. And other than that, yeah. he was basically throwing quality starts. Pretty and and just because I would drop Derek Holland for Barrios doesn't mean Holland is necessarily the one you out there in Radio Land should drop for Barrios. You if may have somebody, somebody more obvious to drop. Derek Holland on your team. I hope you're playing in a 24 team. Look, he's 82% owned. I know, and he shouldn't have been. Okay. Just, okay, just, but, and I'd rather have Aaron Altair. There are probably players owned in less than 82% of leagues that I'd rather have than Holland, but, I mean, Holland's still a top 70 pitcher for me. Yeah, I, I think I maybe did move him up last week into my top 100, but it was just barely. Tell me if you see long-term potential in any of these guys. I'll mention a few names again. A.J. Griffin, Trevor Cahill, Matt Andrees, um, Charlie Morton, and Chris Tillman. A.J. Griffin, Cahill, Andrees, Morton, Tillman. What was the question? Long-term, Long-term potential, not just pitch and ditch. I think Trevor Cahill has the most. Yes, I agree with that. I, I, I have interest in owning all of those guys except... 
I'm not that excited about Griffin. Yeah. About who? Griffin. He's all of his starts have been on the road except for one. Four of them have been against terrible offenses. He's not good. I think Cahill and Morton both have the potential to be more than pitch and ditch. Yeah. And Cahill I think, especially. I think Tillman, especially yeah. in a points league, yeah. gets yeah, some innings. He's just going to be so vanilla. Like, right. But if, he, if, if he goes on a nice run that makes him look better than vanilla, like makes him look like strawberry or something, then I am ditching him via trade in a heartbeat. I would guess he is a lot like Irvin Santana and Jason Vargas the rest of the year. Yes, and I am all about ditching those guys. When I say ditch, it means trading. Mm, okay, so you yeah. need a you need a word that <laughs> rhymes with trade. Unless they do what Derek Collin just did, then you drop them. Uh, you know what? Ditch. I'm I'm getting my terminology. It's it's use them and lose them. It's not pitch them and ditch them. Okay, I use said them and lose them. Because I'm I was going to say if it was pitch them and ditch them, you could and you meant trade. It could just be pitch them and switch them. Because you're going to switch. That's out. pretty yeah. solid. Pitch it's, and switch it's them. use them and lose them, though. I'm not. I'm not going to switch things up now. I use think them and lose them, lose them could end. be dropping. I think you need something that rhymes with trade. No, paid them and trade them, grade them and trade them, made them. Use them and know. lose them. The idea being that if you parade them, Vargas, and or you got an Irvin Santana, you can hopefully combine them with if you got a if you got one of those two pitchers. And you've been playing the waiver wire in the outfield too. You got a Conforto, you got an Aaron Judge. You can probably trade an outfielder you actually drafted, for instance, maybe like a Justin Upton and a Irvin Santana for a Jake Arietta. Get an actual reliable pitcher, presumably. I like parade. <laughs> Get an actual top fifteen pitcher. Pitch him and switch him. That's parade them and trade them. You parade them out there in your lineup, and then you trade. All rights reserved. That's, that's not funny though, because it's not you know. Uh, it seems y- use them and lose them right has that. Whole, like, I, I feel like it's funny. I think people are like connotation thing. But no. you say lose them could mean drop them. No. Use them and lose them has a dating connotation thing. You, you've it's, never heard people. You've never heard people say that in the dating no. landscape. No. I used uh, to go on use them and lose them dot com for my for dating when I was single. That's well, a, that's a joke. That's a joke. Ha <laughs> ha! I'm very funny right now. All right, let's uh, two star pitchers. Two star yeah. pitchers. Uh, would you start Derek Holland next week at the Angels and at Seattle? <laughs> um, two star Derek Holland, yes, I would start. He's a, going to be a two star sleeper. Nope. Andrew Triggs at Seattle, home against Boston. Yeah. Sure. Uh, let's see. We got John John Lackey, Cincinnati and Milwaukee at home. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Eikhoff at Texas at Pittsburgh. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of good two-start options this week, doesn't it? It's a start, yeah. It's a pickup, not necessarily, because these guys oh, are Oh, yeah, because all... we're still – we're just barely outside it. Man, I cost down to 74% owned. It's been pretty bad lately, no? You guys – I dropped him in a 10-team league. You guys aren't reading the news, man. He's been – he's had three bad starts in a row, and the other one, the fourth right, one was five Right, but he explained and... why he had them, and it seems like a perfectly plausible I used explanation him, to me. Him. What was – what was the... – <laughs> What was the reason why for Eikhoff? His mechanics were all screwed up. Lower half specifically. He watched video after leaving this last start and said he thinks it's a pretty easy fix. Okay, I hope so. I mean, look, CeCe Sabathia said, I'm not getting my fastball in on hitters. He went out next start, didn't get his fastball in again. He got ripped again. So but I, he sure. knows what he's doing. But Sabathia's lost the benefit of the doubt because he's been not so useful in fantasy for a long time. And that leads me to this. I might pick up CC Sabathia and start him <laughs> in our podcast league. Two starts 
at Kansas City and at Tampa Bay. It, it's just because I think of all the free agents out there. He has, you know, the widely available free agents. I think Sabathia has the best matchups of the two-star pitchers. And I do think he could turn it around. Only in a points league. Like, I just... Anybody in a categories league, I don't think Sabathia is going to help you in ERA, whip, or strikeouts. I think he could get you a quality start and a win, which is pretty points league specific. Did you bring up that quality start just for the for the people league? Are you trying to make a push to pick him up? Uh, uh no. Okay. Uh, maybe, actually. Six, it's 16 teams, quality start league. Yeah, maybe, Scott. We should think about that. But uh, anyway... um, Who's who's out there that we could pick up? Chase Anderson at San Diego at the Cubs. Kyle Freeland, two road starts at Minnesota at Cincinnati. Jarrell Cotton is not going to make those starts. He's on the no. he's in the minors. It's going to be Sean Manaya instead. Oh, that's terrific. We'll start him, right? We'll start mm-hmm. him? Yeah, I'd be willing. Since it's two starts, I'd be willing to roll with him right away. Like, All right, who do you want? I'm not going to read all the names. You tell me who people should pick up. No, you're right. It got ugly fast. <laughs> the The range that... You know, I don't, I don't really consider somebody a two-start sleeper unless he's less than 80% owned. That's kind of a cutoff for me. Um, just because there has to be a cutoff somewhere. So, uh, Eikhoff certainly fits the bill at 74%. Zach Wheeler at 73%. I think at Arizona versus at Angels, I could go for him, but you get any lower than that and it's just like, these guys are going to do more harm than good. Yeah, it's very possible. How about Musgrove at Miami home against Cleveland? I don't think so. I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> Who's Tim? Uh, uh, Home Improvement. Oh, jeez. That, that was an Al Borland reference. Straight Al Borland? up most overrated show. I'm glad. Oh, I, that's I, super corny. I'm glad I got to For give. Sure. But he used to win like Emmys, I think. It, it was so acclaimed uh, back then. You had like the Simpsons on and then you had Home Improvement. Like, give me a break. Did it used to win Emmys? I'm going to look this up. I've got a 26% I think it did. two-star two sleeper. Uh, who you got? Uh, Jason Hamill. No. Oy. Didn't he just allow 13 hits or something? Over yes. seven innings. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that makes it. That's the best kind of two-win. Yes. Uh, yeah, he's got the Yankees, one of his starts. So, But in Kansas City, right? In Kansas City, yeah. That, that helps. Um, alright, so Hamill's at the Yankees and at the Twins. I don't, I, there's honestly not one. I, on, I would have said Hyunjin Ryu at Miami and, and home against, uh, at San Francisco and home against Miami. I actually don't think that's so bad. I mean, San Francisco is just dreadful. Uh, but it is a little, even though it was Coors Field, it was so bad. Who does, uh, two-star Tom have? Is he a two-star pitcher, Kohler? He, yeah. Houston at home and at the Dodgers. Ooh. No. Oh, so so home improvement did win primetime Emmy pretty much every year. Yeah, that's what for, I meant. Like, ridiculous. For outstanding individual achievement in lighting. <laughs> All right. Well, it was probably nominated. The lighting, uh, you know, you know, the lighting was terrible on that for, show, Scott. I couldn't it, see it. It, it wasn't thing. nominated like for best sick, uh, like uh, comedy series, but Patricia Richardson, who played Jill Taylor, she got nominated. Quite often for outstanding lead actress. I am trying to go on a rant, and you are just not helping. I'm sorry. Well, you've been very parade and trade, Scott. You've been very uh, dismissive of my ideas today. I, I think that's it. Was it was a really well lit show. It was it was not the Miller Park of sitcoms. It was it not was well lit. Couldn't even see Wilson. <laughs> 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 That might be the funniest joke you've ever told. Thank you. Thank you very much.
Uh, I think we're done here. <laughs> yeah, we're done. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody. Really appreciate your listening. And we'll be back on Monday to recap the weekend, tell you who to add and drop. For Scott and Heath, I'm Adam. See you later. Go Green Machine.